When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. another episode of horror movie night this week we are talking about hellraiser bloodline from 1996 as picked by your boy scott over there who has been insisting that this movie is a secret <laughs> masterpiece or something <laughs> have uh, i so scott how about you explain your reasoning for for hellraiser bloodline being being your pick because i like it because it's fun and silly okay well i do so... have to i do have to call out scott for something though because i remember why this movie got picked yeah and i was and, wrong and they were like because someone was like there's no oh no there was a two reasons that reason we were wrong about but the other one was matt was saying me and matt were talking about how there's no good horror movies based in space Scott <laughs> said, wait till Hull, blood razor hell uh hellraiser bloodline which doesn't count because I forgot this movie took place in space seven times watching it. <laughs> so did they when they were writing it. And and like here's the thing, I Hellraiser Bloodline is a movie that is three movies in one movie, and I really liked one of those three movies. <laughs> what? You, see, here's the thing. It was I. I had fun. Like I don't think it was bad. It was weird because this is easily like the most nostalgic watch on this show for a movie that I've never seen. Yeah, you know what I mean. I I, no no, wait wait wait, Brian, please expound upon this. Like I watched this movie, I was like, man, this brings me back. But it's just like it's just like the same. It's just got the same formula and same tropes as every movie. So like, I'm a sucker for any '90s movie that has a evil monster or dog type thing. I love because they all have the same like POV chase shot. Yeah, every single one. And it just brings yeah. me back. But There's, this was your so first watch? I, yeah, first watch. Okay. Hey. So I will say that um you know, I'll I'll join the Scott boat that Bloodline isn't bad. 
I will also won't say that it's a good movie. It's just <laughs> it's it's watchable. It's more watchable than pretty much everything that comes after it in the Hellraiser franchise. Oh yeah, which yeah, you know, is not really an award, but it's, <laughs> it's a movie. It's something. But uh, so the movie opens. Basically, all I thought of was Rotar, like immediately with this robot mixed with hardware. Oh my um, god, that like, part made me laugh three different times. But that's what. I, but like, as soon as that happened, I was like, I've seen this movie at least twice before this watch, and I'm realizing that I remember nothing. 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 This movie. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I never saw it, and I'm sitting there with Jade, and just the progression of me where I'm like, look at this Adam Scott knockoff. It Man, is Adam. That Scott. really looks like Adam Scott. <laughs> Holy shit, that's Adam Scott. <laughs> the weirdest thing about Adam Scott is that he's looked the exact same since 1996. Yeah. And Switch and he note, can... it feels like 1996 is like too late for this movie. Like I don't know why, but this movie feels like it should be like 1993 91. or 94. Yeah, yeah like No, cuz cuz Hell on Earth was 93. Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. The whole franchise feels every movie in this franchise feels like it came out later than it should have. Like even the first movie being 1987, it's like uh, really I could have sworn that that was like an 84 movie. <laughs> yeah. I think it's like the kind of well, at least in the original Hellraiser, it's kind of grimy, you know? Like yeah. it just it looks like uh yeah, you're right. It looks like it's like 85, but the, here's the thing is that um Hell on Earth was 90 93 i think no i think hell hell bound was 90 that's the one 90 and then yeah and that but then here's the thing is hellraiser 5 whatever it's called uh it's is, like 97 or something right like it's and like that one feels like actually 95 them out. yeah well, like, that's they, the one that really feels like it should happen before bloodline you know, this, yeah, well, that's the one that's like a hard-boiled cop detective. Yeah, movie it's a crime noir, to... and and it's yeah. really, it's really dumb. <laughs> I was talking to Joshua does cosplay on um on Instagram last night, and I was asking him about his next costume, and I was like, "It's Pinhead, isn't it?" And he sent me a picture of the costume, and I was like, "So I just finished watching Bloodline, and that movie rules. I mean, it's better than it deserves to be. I wouldn't necessarily." pick it if i was like okay if somebody said you can only pick one hellraiser to watch and he was like yeah i mean i think that up until six they were okay but then nothing else after that and i was like dude even five i couldn't give a shit about yeah but that's just you know i, I just it, i feel like after hellbound hellraiser movies forget that they're hellraiser movies except at the very end and like yeah, oh shit we got cenobites to use yeah, well, and that's, like, and I guess here's my issue with the movie, is, like, the 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 future stuff in outer space is fine. Like, there's great kills, but, like, I'm just, like, this is really make need no to be sense. in outer space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, like, this is really fucking need to be in outer space. And then, like, I, I just, I know you love period pieces, Scott, but, like, I, I don't need a fucking origin story for where the cube came from. Like, I really don't. Like, let's just... The story of the family who built the cube is so much more like that whole storyline in the modern day is the most interesting and entertaining of the three. And like the anytime that that was happening, I'm like, man, this movie's flying. I'm having a good time. Like, where's this going to go? Are they going to kill this little kid? Like, what's going to happen? I could have lived like, without the, the, the wife and kid. Also, that wife is um, 
uh, what's her name? Kim Myers, and she's the girlfriend in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Oh, oh. nice. Yeah, I, it's nice. funny because I haven't watched this movie probably since seeing Nightmare 2 for the first time ever because I didn't watch that one when I was in high school um, for whatever reason. And, uh, and man, it was like, you know, just the light bulb went on. I was like, oh, my God, it's Kim Myers. But uh, <laughs> so so in Angelique is the uh, pretty much the main antagonist in this film uh, because she is the first. I mean, well, she's not the first Cenobite, but there's some internal logic flaws that, that I really want to delve into in a minute here. But um, so the the story is that the, the movie starts with uh, the pretty much the most the latest incarnation of the Marchand, La Marchand uh, bloodline. And that's why it's called Hellraiser bloodline. And also, you know, what's fucked up is that they used it's They got Slayer to write bloodline or Slayer wrote bloodline for God hates us all that came out in 2001 and was used in Dracula 2000. Right, that was on that soundtrack, if I remember correctly. Um, I don't think it was the song "God Hates Us All," but one of the no, songs no, it's it's Bloodline, literally oh, yeah, the song oh, yeah, is called yeah, Bloodline. Yeah. Uh, is like track four, um, on on God Hates Us All. But uh, if they would have just pushed that one out a little earlier, that would have been a great song for this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, that's the true. That's the real tragedy about this. Movie. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the only thing that is <laughs> nothing missing. else. It would have been a flawless film had not <laughs> ten out of ten. Issue. Ten out of five. <laughs> yeah, but um, so the the final bloodline, you know, like the the penultimate weirdo in the merchant family is uh, in space in twenty one twenty seven, which is an arbitrary fucking year, if you ask me. <laughs> like yeah, they just put a, a num- number out of a hat, pulled a number out of a hat, and um, the the but the space CGI like of the of any of the um outside of the ship is terrible it's it's like leprechaun for bad we yeah we weren't ready that's really it like we kind of we, <laughs> we weren't prepared for hellraiser bloodline <laughs> no no uh, not even i'm not even gonna shit on hellraiser bloodline just in general movies were not ready to be in outer space in the 90s which is weird that because is, they no, did great in star wars I was gonna say, but they hard, were great but, in star wars they are great in alien like the 70s Event Horizon. had it on lock yeah but but here's the thing we we were in a change we were in a change of special effects and 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 cgi and we wanted to do that and we just we weren't ready for it i i think we just weren't ready to get cocky about how low the budgets could be on yes that's that's really, okay i'll yeah. give you that yeah unless ilm <laughs> is doing your fucking space stuff you're not ready to to do any you're not ready to have joe blow in his uh in his ramshackle shack somewhere in southern california to uh cgi your space station that turns into a gigantic lament configuration cube all right um, yeah, they're like, hey, we hired the guy who did the hamster dance website, and he said that he knows how to make things look like they're from outer space. So I'm going gonna, gonna to blow my load on my double feature already, because when we have the first scene of the robot doing the lament configuration, when it shows its hands in the box, I was like, holy shit, I never re- realized that they did a Hellraiser episode of Reboot. You remember that? <laughs> so that's what it looks like. It's like such bad CGI. Like all the skins are just 
fucking bad. But I mean, but I then really the robot fucking explodes. No, and the I best was part like, about oh, that robot exploding. Dope. No, no. What's <laughs> What's funny is the robot is confused and surprised, and then it explodes. It, it does his head too. I was like, what? Boom! Like, does the robot have sentience enough? The robot isn't what's opening the box. It's basically John Merchant. Yeah, that's the best part is that it's not even like he built a robot to solve it. He just built a robot to safely solve it from a distance. Yeah. Um, So I have a quote and I, you know, I watched this movie yesterday and yet this quote, I can't remember what it's from. It just says, yes, you like it rough. Oh, no, no, we'll get there. I have that written down. Okay. So before we get there, that's. It's Angelique when she kills Adam Green in Got the 90s. But, oh, Adam Scott, Adam Scott. Yeah, sorry, I keep saying Adam Green, Adam Scott. Um, so so they these space pirates, space marines, show up and they stop John Merchant in 2127 from finishing the box, like the Lament Configuration Space Station. Wow, I just found my Space Death Corps band name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, they stop him and they are in interrogating him and though did you catch the name of the female space marine who's interrogating yeah. him i caught no one's name. her name yeah, is rimmer either. oh hey rimmer? who names a character <laughs> rimmer <laughs> <laughs> jesus but so then we go back in time to the 1700s i believe um this is where adam scott pops yeah up and he and... the first thing he says is are we having fun yet yeah, yeah. He, uh i'm glad he found himself you know, like he, he, he was on this movie. Yes, he has. He found himself the same way Michael Sarah did. And it's just like, okay. Being the same person every time. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm just, well, awkward. just being awkward, awkward, uncomfortable guy in situations. Yeah. Not a bad guy. Adam Scott's not yeah. a bad guy. He was like fumbling Although, you know over what? being a bad guy. But you know what he was a great bad guy in? Step. Step Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know he was good at that. So, but, but, yeah. but so, Adam Scott is this acolyte of this Satanist, and they skin a whore, and then they fill her skin with a demon. So she is the first demon in the series summoned from hell, basically. Like, yeah. that's fine. But they're like, yeah, yeah, the number one rule is they'll do whatever you say as long as you don't stand in hell's way. And so things are fine. He uses her as a sex toy, basically. For 200 years, fast forward, yeah, lots of crazy, weird sex. Um, and then he, you come up to the the 90s, and um, the uh, Marchand, La Marchand toy maker bloodline has, um, you know, they they've succeeded in reproducing for 200 years somehow. Even though Angelique is like still alive, just hanging out, getting systematically raped by adam scott so um so girlfriend from nightmare on elm street made it out alive married john merchant they have the kid from uh what do i know that kid from not a i knew adam scott okay yeah. all right well that, that, that little boy office. has been in other stuff so in any <laughs> case so he is he has these dreams like these wet dreams about angelique and she real somehow it like clicks. She's like, oh, this 35-year-old man is the bloodline. I must go and make him make me more boxes. I, I don't fucking know. So the, it's pretty tenuous at best. And so she comes to America after 
very quickly murdering Adam Scott. And that's where she goes, yes, you like it rough. rough. And she like rips his face apart. But like, okay, if a man systematically raped you for 200 years, wouldn't you make him suffer more than 90 seconds of face mutilation and then just ripping his heart out? Look, she's got other shit she's got to get to. She needs more of these demon boxes. I suppose. Um, So this is where my next note picks up because this is where the most um what's the word i'm looking for help me out here be a thesaurus for me someone who's easily swindled or tricked oh that dude's a such a mark yeah like this dude like how what what is he gonna get so this bumbling fucking idiot thinks that this beautiful uh french woman is just going to bang him if he plays a puzzle yeah yeah oh he's he's just like so faithful to the flirt like he's just like, like all right. even Matt Kelly is like, listen, dude. <laughs> oh, I'm sitting every time I watch any of these movies, as I realize the reason I haven't had sex for as long as I have is I don't trust that anyone. anybody has all like everyone has ulterior motives to mock me. <laughs> so, like, so, and some like, of them may want to just send you to hell. Yeah. So like I'd be suspicious of everything. Maybe maybe this is something to put on your notepad and talk to the therapist about next week. <laughs> this is true. Why can't I trust people? Um, so <laughs> you trust me. That's the weirdest thing. <laughs> uh, so they have this whole thing go down. You know, he's he gets pulled in. He starts. We got to see a lot of really cool. Like, there's definitely better Cenobite creations in this movie than in Hellraiser three. There's no CD uh, demons. They make more sense. They make more here. sense. So I, I do like those twin brothers that get get turned into. But here's the thing: is well, they're the cops, right? The cops. That yeah, the them, twin cops. Which they're not cops; they're security guards. Let's which, be real. <laughs> that's, that's true. So can we talk about? There's a conversation that they have. Oh yeah. That I'm like, I'm genuinely torn. If this is. Con- like, would this be considered a progressive conversation for 1996 or not? When they're not? talking about tra- having sex with a trans woman? Yeah, and he's like, well, I'm fine with it. And I'm like, well, that's a unexpected answer for yeah, 1996. Yeah. Like, I was that, like, that really taking pause. I was like, Clive Barker, <laughs> were you actually involved in this? Because I can feel like Clive Barker, as a gay man, would be like, yes, we should insert some sort of, you know, cultural positivity or, you know, some sort of some sort of equality here yeah but... like the wording is still problem there's like some problematic things that are said but yeah. like <laughs> the end result is like yeah she's a lady and i'm just like good for you cop in yeah. 1996 <laughs> i'll tell you the issue i do have with it though not with that conversation but with the cops becoming twins this movie is both a period piece and a futuristic piece and a present day piece kind of yeah. yeah sure but but here's the thing so we saw them, at least Angelique, right? We saw Angelique created hundreds of years ago. And then we saw the cops present day. And then in the future, it's Angelique and the cops. But what about the good Cenobites that everyone, not the good ones, but like the awesome ones. Like that's part, that's part of the yeah, reason the ones that, that we all love. Yeah, <laughs> Hellraiser is like one of my favorite. Like what's it like Chatterbox is the one guy yeah, chatter, chatter and butter yeah like those are fucking awesome i would have much rather had like even though it probably would have been like kind of shitty and lame but i would have liked a like an explanation on how they became what they are well and but here's the thing and here's the thing that 
I've noticed over the years. So, Brian, you remember Uncle Craig had all those amazing Hellraiser figurines. Yes. Like, he had, like, the two-foot statues of all of the original Cenobites. I scour the internet all the time for, like, cool statues and, like, little figures to add to my collection. I can tell you that there ain't no, like, weird combo twin statues or CD <laughs> demon statues. The Are only... you serious? There's no CD Cenobite? No, the only thing that people want to make statues for are the OG original four. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, but so like, that Pinhead and then the singer with her voice box yes, ripped out. Yes. Butterball and Shatter. Are those the first yeah, four? Those are those are the four that you can find countless toys for. Which also, like, hey, if we're looking to break in money-wise, <laughs> we need to figure out how to make the to- the action the collector's action figures for all the other Hellraiser demons. Because people like me would pay high money just to have them. There are dozens of us. Why wouldn't Angelique be? I forgot about that girl. Why wouldn't they turn Angelique into that? The the yeah, she could have turned into the, the voice, voice box, box girl. and she yeah. could have turned Adam Scott because like into Chatter. Yeah, like I, I, I think Chatter would have okay, been good. So like you, you, you're running your mouth. You know, what I mean, it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, since you love running your mouth so much, bam, you're Chatterbox now. Yeah. So, okay, here's a couple things. Here are a couple things. Um, we do get a kind of chatterer with because the dog is actually a chatterer yes, dog. Yes. So I'm wondering if Chatterer fucked up fucked up so bad in Hellraiser and Hellbound Hellraiser 2 that they demoted him to a demo dog. I mean, I feel like a dog is a promotion in life. Oh yeah. Not not <laughs> in hell because he doesn't have any autonomy. He just has to do true. whatever pit. There's not wants. a single fire so, hydrant or bush. And he's just walking around with a full bladder. <laughs> Always. That's why so, his teeth are chattering. But so here's the thing. As I won't say this movie's obscure. It's a Hellraiser movie. But like for how low tier this movie is in the annals of Hellraiser, it blew my mind when I realized that probably the most famous pinhead quote came out of this movie. I am, I am pain. pain. Yeah. No. When he said, do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? <laughs> and it's like, I've seen that clip used so much when someone's like, if you're watching a documentary and they're like, oh, and then let's talk about Pinhead. Like the first thing they're going to cut to is either the I am pain, the the fucking Jesus blasphemy, the Jesus wept. Thi- well, no, that's not that's Frank. Uh, the the uh, Jesus thing from part three where he puts the nails through his hands. I'm your God now. Oh whatever. my God. My my personal favorite visual of Pinhead because it yeah. is so sacrilegious. Uh, or the, do I look like someone who cares? What, like those are the top three and they're all from like low rate sequels. What, I mean, I like, thought, um, what's it? The, uh, it's not it, the desire quote. Cause that's in slashers or whatever that documentary is where Oh yeah, go right the rise and fall of slash yeah. or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean I just think it's wild that like because I forget that this I forget that most of these movies exist honestly. Like when I looked at the box set that I have, I'm like, there's eight of these fucking things, like, <laughs> and that's like at the point that I bought that box set. There's like three or four more since then. But none have ha- none have Doug Bradley in them. So well, yeah, no, they, I don't dude, even consider Doug watching Doug Bradley. Them. I thought he. I thought he gave up after three, but he was in them. I like looked at him like, well, that's, that is Doug Bradley. So I looked I it up. He, I think he was in all, up to seven. Yeah, he was right? up to 2005. Whichever one came out in 2005, I think was his last one. Is that, oh, I, I, it was, I, I haven't watched it. it was the, I, that was where I stopped. Yeah, I think uh, I know, I Hell, Hell World 
Oh, there was actually uh, two. Uh, there was two in 2005. There's Deader. Wait, wait, wait. And Hellworld. Yeah, he. Yeah, he did Deader and Hellworld. Is Hellworld also in space? No, that's the computer oh, one. Yeah. That's the that's the one where he haunts a video game. Oh it, yeah, I've seen see, scenes from it, but I haven't watched it. Did that come out the same fucking year as Stay Alive 2005? <laughs> did you guys know that Doug yep. Bradley also played Pumpkinhead? You probably don't because he played Pumpkinhead in the 2006 Pumpkinhead movie Ashes to Ashes that no one's heard of. <laughs> Have you seen no. it? Because I know you love Pumpkinhead. I love the first two. I tried. Listen, like I, I really like um, Hellraiser, and I really liked Pumpkinhead. And the pain that I went through with Texas Chainsaw Massacres is like I really. It took a lot for me to even watch this for the podcast. Is like I, I, yeah. I want to leave the movies on a on a high note. So I really don't venture well, off was... too much. So here's something that's weird. <clears throat> Hellraiser Bloodline was the last theatric release for a Hellraiser movie. I did know that, yeah. <laughs> but here's no, but here's the weird thing. It had the highest box office revenue of any of the movies. Because it, it it got a buzz, I feel like. Yeah, over the years. Because Hellraiser the first Hellraiser made about fifteen thousand in the box office. Which is Peanuts. Or, or fifteen million, sorry. Fifteen oh, million. Oh, oh wow, that's a lot of fucking yeah. money. So it made fifteen million. Part two made twenty million. Or sorry, twelve million. Twelve million. So it stepped down to twelve million. Okay. Part three jumped up to thirteen million. And then this one made seventeen million. So it made more than the original, but they just stopped releasing them after that. Hmm. The whole hey. franchise made a box office total of fifty six million. Which really, when you think about horror franchises, is not a lot of money. Box no, it's really not yeah. at all. Right. It, it, especially because the '90s were all. If this was the last theatrical release, this predates people torrenting anything. So yeah, I think it also predates DVDs. I mean, so if you if you don't can if you don't count the newest Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween, Halloween H two O is the most profitable in the box office. Yeah, it's just but that's it's I, just when people I mean, you also have movies. to listen. We also have to look into inflation numbers yeah. and stuff like that. But like for the time, like that's all within a 10 year period. So there wasn't that much inflation. Yeah. I think like it's whatever it's wild. we're not economists. So yeah, yeah. yeah. we can't answer any of this, but Scott, you know why you love this movie? Cause there's like four fucking decapitations. There's a lot of decapitations. Yeah. There, there's a lot of, yeah. A lot of head trauma. <laughs> uh, um, so I, I also was, we mentioned we we Brian and I made a little aside about at the beginning of the episode about why else I picked why I was wrong picking this movie. Um, I thought that there were more corsets than there really were. Yeah, um, yeah I was no expecting corsets. there to be like corsets left and right in all of the 18th century stuff, and it's not really. So um, I was kind of disappointed by that. So I may have to go watch Perfume. Yeah. Um, to get all the corsets in. <laughs> Megan's giving me a thumbs up. She loves that movie. What a random pull. <laughs> it's not. It's got fucking Tootsie in it. <laughs> it's a great, no, it's a good movie. It's like three hours long. It's a long fucking you can, movie. You can turn that movie off after the second act because the third act is absurd. <laughs> I, I, like, it's great until the third act when he can control the world, which is I, fucking stupid. I had to laugh because that, I was working at the video store when that movie got its DVD release and there was this one girl who loved it. And that was like, whenever someone would come in 
and ask for a recommendation, she would just direct them to Perfume. And I'm like, that's not a movie you could just recommend to anybody. Like, no, no, it has a very, there's a very specific subsect of people that would appreciate. Yeah, like the idea of just like random single mother popping in looking for a movie recommendation for the husband and her. And being like, here, watch this three-hour period piece that's real fucking weird called Perfume. Have fun. <laughs> no, I feel like you can tr- you can totally troll people. I miss the video store because if I, w- if I was the person then that I a- am now, I would be like – I would be playing jokes on people instead of being honest and genuine because people would come in for recommendations and I would give them good recommendations. Now I would have like so much – fun being like yeah watch this with that kind of reaction i'll tell you what was really cool was um when i was in vermont i went to a used bookstore and they had the employee recommendations wall for the books like there's a whole bookshelf where each shelf was a different one of the employees like top five recommendations but in front of each book was also a little placard where they had handwritten their reasoning why you should check out that book which i thought was like a really like extra touch because we never had that we just you know here's matt's row and i popped five movies up there you know what i mean but like having like a slight little description of like this is the type of stuff that i'm into it's got like this element in it like kind of gives you an idea of like okay this this person seems like they're in the same stuff as me i will give this book a shot um anyway back to hellraiser bloodline uh anything else that you guys want to point out about this this movie that's better than i was willing to admit so i have two things um all right Three things, sorry. There's a line where one of the space marines goes, the fuck planet are you from? (laughs) (laughs) Great line. And then, um, so I do like, so I want to talk about the twin Cenobites, right? Um, But I need your opinions here. So if, if Pinhead's whole joy in life, afterlife, I suppose, is to inflict pain and suffering and he knows your worst fears their fears are to be separated from each other so they're codependent why would you combine them for eternity yeah i feel like you're giving them their wish i guess it's a twisted wish but and why are so many people afraid of uh of chains with hooks on them why is that so (laughs) many people's biggest fear (laughs) <laughs> I think you're just assuming pinhead. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is a pretty shitty thing and it's like he is so far removed from humanity that he's like, "Oh yes. My favorite." You know, yeah. you know what's the, you know what's the issue though as I was thinking about this with movies that jump into outer space and it's it's dawning dawning on me now as we're talking about this is it really makes all the other non-outer space sequels that come after it null and void. Yeah. Because you're like, well, the end game is that they have to make yeah. it to the future. So, like, well, here's the thing: is that this I, I like that about Hell Hell or uh, Hellraiser. It's fine, but like, you know, like because Jason X exists, like no matter what Jason movie happens, you're like, well, you know, he has to make it to outer space for for Jason X. So, like, but the thing is, is that it doesn't even matter. Think, yeah, because yeah. you know that he's unbreakable. Like, yeah, he, he can't be killed. We need to get Michael Myers in the outer space. <laughs> <laughs> he got burnt up in Hall. Well, I know they're doing a Halloween two already, so I mean, there's no point in that. But outer space, <laughs> fucking outer space. Well, the CGI is pretty bad. Like, especially when the twin Cenobites pull themselves apart. 
Oh yeah, that looks horrendous. Pretty dumb. But I, I do. It looks like a Capri Sun commercial when someone's head mutates. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, that's exactly right. But then I do really like this line where I think Kim Myers, like the 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 mom, goes, "What are you afraid of?" And he goes, "I am so exquisitely empty." That's a really good line. <laughs> that is. I feel like the one positive about the shitty Hellraiser sequels is it's. One of the only franchises where, if nothing else, they actually got their they got the villain better because they kind of knew what they were doing with Pinhead, which is just like he's evil. Period. You know, like he's not wisecracking; he's just like this awful, evil thing. So you just came up with badass, evil quotes for him versus yeah. like, you know, Friday Thirteenth. You kind of lose he a little bit. Never speaks. Well, but that's yeah, the thing never... is he never speaks. But then <laughs> I, I and we talked about this with our our Hell on Earth. Uh, live episode from a couple years back that I re- I think that Pinhead might be my favorite of the franchise villains because of how eloquent he is. Yeah, I mean, they Freddy just kind is- of lost the they. It sucks because he's a great villain who's in a arguably one of the worst franchises. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say I think this is my least favorite franchise, but it's my favorite villain uh, because he gets to have these soliloquies every single time, but. The problem is that that the the value of those soliloquies is in the content, and the content has to be written well. Because obviously Doug Bradley isn't writing the fucking the script, and that's why I think Hell on Earth has the best Pinhead because it really, as many problems as that movie has, when Pinhead's on the screen, it's ten out of ten. Yeah, no, that's that's uh, I would say that's accurate. Yeah, so um, anyway, I, I I still stand by that this movie gets shit on for no reason. And it's not the it is absolutely not of the original four the worst. Like I think that I, I could watch one, two, three, four in one sitting and still be happy. Yeah. It's once five starts, you're like, oh no. Yeah, I don't ever I watched <laughs> five once in high school and I have no desire to rewatch it because it's just not my cup of tea. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and gesture over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. All right, so speaking of things that are your cup of tea, possibly, what is the double feature that you would force someone to sit through along with Bloodline? Um, I'm. Uh, we already talked about a lot of the ones that you could use, and so I, I made a list, and we'll talk about the other ones again, but I'm going to go with Sunshine. You remember that movie? I do I remember that movie. It's not a good movie, but... I, I feel like it's you get two thirds of a good movie. Yeah. It's another one of those ones that really loses itself in the third act. Although I'm only picking it for the third act because Cillian <laughs> Murphy Cillian Murphy goes fucking crazy and then his he stares at the sun too much or whatever it is, and then his skin he somebody grabs at him and his skin peels off, right? Like he yeah. gets completely degloved. And I'm like, you know what? Hell Hellraiser bloodline was missing. Frank in space. And so yeah. you get Cillian Murphy in Sunshine as Frank in space. All right. So I'm going to go next because I'm going to steal one that I thought 
for I had a plan B because I thought for sure this was going to be Scott's double feature. Uh, I'm going with a movie <clears throat> that has plenty of head trauma and decapitations. It's got some period piece stuff, but its tone is all over the place because people are jumping in and out of different time periods. Oh. I'm watching <laughs> Waxwork, baby. <laughs> That's wow. I'm surprised that I I was like when you said I can't believe it wasn't Scott's pick. Or Scott's double feature. I'm like, what? What did I fucking miss? Dude, that's that's <laughs> some lateral thinking there. I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right, Brian, what's your double? I'm feature? also going the route of period piece with a decent amount of head trauma, and I'm going to do Sleepy Hollow. Ooh, man, <laughs> two. I, I want to go to your parties. I don't want to watch Sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had picked Waxwork, I would have went with Event Horizon, which you had so offhand mentioned. We mentioned Event Horizon. We mentioned Jason X. And also, I would say Aliens yeah. is uh, yeah. kind of like it's got the Space Marines and it's pretty much I feel like it's more of a straight monster in space, whereas Alien is more of like kind of a, a slasher in space. Yeah, like I, I will stand by that. I think Event Horizon is the best Hellraiser in space. It is. Um, it absolutely but... fucking is. That's a good way to put it. <laughs> but uh, so what? how about how about some positives? I mean, we all seem to walk away from this mostly enjoying our time watching yeah. bloodline but uh what are some positive things that you watched or read or saw or whatever this week brian had recommended this pretty hard uh and i was traveling all week with my my amazon fire stick so i watched the first season of happy which was really really fun so good um it was it was really good uh i also finally got to see rocket man which was just a delight it's everything that bohemian rhapsody should have been um, so if you liked Bohemian Rhapsody, you'll love Rocket Man. If you were kind of underwhelmed by Bohemian Rhapsody, you're really going to be happy with how Rocket Man went. Um, yeah, it's it's just a good it's. So here's the one thing that I'm glad I knew this going into it because it would have kind of taken me out of it for a second. The movie is a musical, not in like the we're watching Queen perform, but in the it's telling the story of Elton John from childhood to like the end of the 80s. And whenever, whenever either it's the little kid or whatever, whenever they're overwhelmed by something, it cuts to like a full on musical number with like choreography and visual, like crazy visuals. And it really explores the over the top aspects of his personality and like his music and how his music kind of meshes with, it felt a lot more like across the universe than Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Like it's very very cool and surrealistic at times and also they don't shy away from the gay or the drugs uh they they went for the hard r which you know wait wait good. elton john did drugs elton john was gay elton... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i didn't know how like it was funny because i i went and saw it with my mom because she really wanted to see it and like she said she said seriously the same thing she's like i don't ever remember knowing that he was that deep into addiction that he actually was like like in the beginning of the movie, he lists like, yeah, I was addicted to cocaine, alcohol, amphetamines, like like just this never ending list of like every addiction that you could have. He was just very uh, into all of it. And then the last thing is that I went to a concert the other night to see uh, I posted some of his music on our Facebook page before. But my buddy Word Burglar uh, came to Philadelphia for the first time. He's a nerdcore rapper who primarily raps about um sci-fi movies comic books and video games um and he has a new podcast which uh 
I might be in conversations with having it be part of the Geekscape network called, do you still like that movie? Uh, and each week he brings on a different guest and they watch a movie that they loved as kids, but still haven't seen in years to decide if it held up or not. Uh, I was telling Brian of the four episodes they did. What about Bob, the babysitters club, teenage mutant Ninja turtles and cavern of courage and Ewok adventure. So, Ooh, damn, yeah. I got opinions about all those. I'll have to <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's, you know, he's had some, uh, it's a lot of like people that he's gone on tour with as guests and stuff like that. Um, I'm going to see if maybe uh, three hosts of a podcast that might be on the same network as him in the future uh, have any chance of hopping on with opinions of some movies we grew up with. Ooh. But those are all my uh, all my positives. Also, I would want to talk about either Master of Disguise or Bowfinger. Scott <laughs> <laughs> or Brian. Go in. Go. I'll go next. Um, Megan and I finally uh, let ourselves start the um, third season of Handmaid's Tale. It is grueling, as always, and goddamn amazing. Nice. Cool. Nice. Hi, right, Brian. Um, I've been watching Escape from Danamora. That's been the show I've been watching. Um What's that? It's about these two prisoners that escape from prison um, uh, with the help of one of the employees at the prison that they both are having sex with. Um, when I f- wait, so is it is it uh, ju- is it real? As a- so it's a it's a true story. It's a true story. Okay. And the thing that really got me into it. Um, really got me wanting to see it was Ben Stiller was on Howard Stern like a week ago talking about it, maybe two weeks ago. And he was saying that they approached him with the, with the show. They wanted him to direct it. And he asked them, he was like, well, how much of it's true versus how much of it is false? And they were like, well, we don't really know the whole story as it stands. So right now it's like 50, 50 and he turned it down. And then about a month or two later, the official police report came out. And once the official police report came out and the facts were there, you know, he said it was like a 700 page like write up that he sat through and read. He called the writers and was like, if we do this like as accurate as possible, I'm in. And it's starring uh, Benicio Del Toro and Patricia Arquette. And they're both just phenomenal. Like it's a it's a really, really good show. I'm enjoying it. Seven episodes. I'm a big fan of miniseries. Get in and get out. I I think that. Yeah, ten seven to ten episodes really is better than twenty two. Like yeah. it's just hard to tell a story and keep it. Clean. Yeah, man. Like Chernobyl was five Agreed. episodes and it was perfect. And everybody wants a second season. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they know what happened to Chernobyl. It was. <laughs> it would just be. Well, isn't that? Have you seen that meme? The, the, like, Which one? I'll send it to you. The, the one's like, we want a second season of Chernobyl, and then it's like people of Chernobyl, and they're like. It's like the the shifty idea. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently a lot of uh, Instagram influencers have been going to Chernobyl to take selfies since the show is such a big hit. Which, in case you didn't know, Chernobyl is still highly, highly radioactive. <laughs> I, I think that you are allowed to go. Uh, you're just not supposed to live there. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know much about um, how safe or dangerous it is but i do know on the show dark tourist he went to a radioactive place and like you still get loaded up even though you're allowed to go like yeah man. yeah you're not supposed to like <laughs> that's what i'm saying you're not supposed to live yeah. there they're like just and if instagram influencers want instagram influencers want to go sicken themselves that's fine because they're already worthless yes. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no one no one's gonna shed a tear. Sorry. <laughs> that seems like a real positive <laughs> note to wrap up on. Um speaking of positivity, there's nothing in this world more positive than a clown. And someone is trying to make us real positive by making us watch some clown bullshit. Oh <laughs> man. So, I, I got words. So strap in for that, Brian. Thank you so much. Wait, Matt, you, you can't say it. That's your first watch of that piece of garbage. No, I own it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so don't stop with this bullshit like white knight. Uh, but yeah, tune in next week for that. Make sure that you're hitting up our Patreon account, patreon.com backslash HMN podcast for all the cool bonus features that we have over there. We just dropped our best of episode last week. So thank you for all of you who've stuck around and listened to all the memories. Uh, it was our longest best of yet. So that's very exciting. It sounds like we did a good job, I guess. And always remember to check out our facial, our facial, fo- Whoa. Whoa. check out our Facebook and our social media, uh, all H M N podcast. We will be back next week. Bye. Slayer. listening to the Geekscape Network. You've been lost in the woods for hours now, stumbling around in the dark. You come around the bend and see two people roasting marshmallows over a roaring fire. They see you coming into the clearing and Jester over to pull up a log. Welcome to Campfire Ashes. I'm Paul. And I'm Jess. Join us as we tell each other our originally written spooky stories around the campfire and then dive into the lore and legends that inspired them. Is it something that goes bump in the night? Is it something menacing lurking past the tree line? Or is it just weird and otherworldly? You'll find it here on Campfire Ashes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, or right here on the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.